Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Dr. Nick Flynn. And he wants to talk to you more about social distancing because that's the big problem we've had over the weekend. Uh, Dr. Nick, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Nick, uh, I mean, are we, are we adhering? Do you think enough people are actually getting the message? No, I don't think enough people are getting the message. I think actually your, your last caller and the points you were making about the economy uh, and the points that you're leading to now about our, our health and protection of the health service, I think that they can marry quite nicely in the behaviour that we observed over the weekend. So we've had businesses, Niall, have made very hard decisions, but correct decisions, pubs have closed, cafes have closed, retailers have closed. But unfortunately, we still have hordes of people at the beach and at the, I go up the mountain in, in, in country walks. And, There's still uh, factories, really, still factories open with people working close together. Like, for example, yeah. in this building alone, we've roughly normally about 100 people or so working. Today, there's four people. A lot of people are working remotely. We've presenters working from their houses. Unfortunately, the style of the show that I do, it's easier for me to do it in here. But there's only four of us here in the radio station. So every business has to kind of adapt. But some are not as easy to adapt, I suppose. That, well, that, 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 is, that is true. But, it, but even if you look at people's personal behaviour over the weekend, uh, they were not clearly not uh, like observing uh, social distancing or physical distancing as it's morphing into. Uh, and the consequence of that will be that we, we, unfortunately, and this is not really a criticism of, of, of anybody, but we have, as a matter of fact, 40,000 people nationally waiting testing. And what that means is that we have 40,000 people who have been identified as having a potential to have COVID-19 by their GPs who are waiting testing. Those 40,000 people will be self-isolating, which is staying at home, basically. Uh, but the difference that would, would make if they were tested would be that their contacts would also be at home. And you can be quite sure that a lot of people that were out over the weekend queuing up for fishing ships who were like at the beach and who were uh, on these country walks and not observing uh, social distancing would then be isolated because of their contacts. So we have to be cognizant of the fact that the testing system is catching up and that we need to play our part. And to play our part, we absolutely need to observe uh, social distancing, which basically means keeping apart. And if we don't do that, what we'll do is we'll increase the spread and we will we will live to regret our actions in two and three weeks' time when more people become unwell, when more people need hospital care, and when more of those who need hospital care need ICU care. I mean, it is difficult, I know, for doctors at the moment because they're taking on an extra workload, and I know doctors and nurses who are working in the hospitals are working longer hours, and of course, you know, this is because they have a passion for their job and they want to save lives That's as well. Uh, obviously, from Monday onwards, doctors uh, have obviously consulted with the government in relation to a fee for referring people because, you know, I mean, obviously staff have to be paid, people have to be paid to answer telephones, etc., etc. Do you think that the reason that we suddenly have a huge amount of people now waiting for tests, we suddenly went up to 40,000 people, is that a case that doctors are now getting paid to refer people? And I'm not suggesting there's anything, no, 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 anything no, suspicious no. about yeah. that, by the way. No, no not, 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 not at all. I, I'm very happy if we'd ask that question. Actually, no is the answer, OK? Because the reason that we now have a large number of patients waiting for testing is that at the same time that they introduced the fee, they also broadened the criteria for testing. So up until before that, we could only refer, we were actually quite frustrated in practice because we had patients who we felt should be tested, but because the criteria were narrow, uh, public health had given us those criteria, and the criteria up until that point were, had you travelled to an at-risk zone, and there was a, a list of about 10 countries that would be Italy, included. Italy that. being the main one, yes. Italy, Italy being the main one, but there were, there were others. Uh, or have you had contact with a known case? 
So that was quite a narrow criteria. And then really, if you, if you look at the new criteria, which is, includes those two, but also adds in, have you had, uh, do you have any recent onset of fever and any, any respiratory symptom, really, which mainly is cough. Uh, so so how, uh, wide is the, how wide is the field now for isolation? For example, let's say a member of my family suddenly comes down with something, you know, a mm-hmm. bit of a, a bit of a cough or a sniffle or a cold. Should I isolate then? Because now, I don't know, they well, have the coronavirus, they might just have well, a cold. The, the, the current guidelines is that the index person should self-isolate. And it's very important, I think, to kind of an appeal to people, don't interpret your symptoms yourself. For this phase of, 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 this, of the delay phase, for this to work, we need to identify as early as possible as many people as possible who have COVID-19 and isolate them Okay, but, but, the, but, yeah, but the problem we have like, at the moment is, you know, people are isolating themselves, awaiting a test maybe. And I have one here. I got a referral, somebody says here, 15 days ago. I'm still waiting for the test. Uh, yeah, another, no. another person is, uh, six days ago, I was told by the HSE I'd get a phone call back for a test. I'm still waiting. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it is frustrating. Fr- frustrating. What's the point in six days? Six days to get the test, two days yeah. to get a result, for example. That's mm-hmm. eight days. She'd nearly be through it. But the, but the point being that we still need to identify it, to identify the contacts, and and so we, that we can stop the spread. If you listen to what Mike Ryan said, and and, he, and he's an Irishman who works with WHO, who has a lot of experience in out, in, in disease outbreaks, including Ebola outbreaks, he has said we need to bring the fight to the virus. We need to find where the virus is in the community, and we need to isolate the people who have it to stop them spreading it. And we really can't lose enthusiasm for this tonight. And I get your frustration. I understand it. It's mm. a fair criticism. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. not criticising the HSE because they are in an, an uncharted territory. Yeah. And, and, and in fairness and I, to the I, H- I head of the HSE, he's working tirelessly, and the staff are working tirelessly. I understand mm. all of that. So nobody wants yeah. to criticise. But yeah. of course, we want to see the job done right and as best mm. we possibly can. And I know we got new tests. Thirty thousand come in there on Thursday, and they're expecting another twenty thousand tests to come in next week. Test kits, so to speak. So that should ease the burden a little bit. I suppose yeah. it's getting people to do the tests is also the hard part too. You know, we need more staff to do the tests as well. Yeah, they're up but, to but, but Nick, is it fair to say that really all we're going to do is slow it down, which gives the health service time to deal with all the, the harder cases or the tougher cases who might need respiratory help? It, 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 it does more than that though. If you look what's happened in Italy, uh, the mortality rates in Italy are, are more than was expected because their health system has been overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So people who would otherwise survive if intensive care was available to them are not surviving. And or just a ventilator was available for them, yeah. Ventilator, that's right. So that is the intensive care treatment. But, yeah. but yeah, so, so, it, so, it, so it's about more than the flattening the curve is the euphemism for it. But actually, what, what, what the, the real life behind that is that is that we make the best use of the medical, uh, I suppose, capacity we have, the ventilators that we have, and that, that all the sick people don't arrive together. That's absolutely what, what, what we don't want. And that, but, but, but that's important because without that, uh, you will know and I will know somebody who passes away unnecessarily from this and, 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 and in fairness then we need to reflect on our own behaviour have we observed the social distancing have we done our bit and there's a personal bit there's a society bit and there's a government policy bit and we all have to do our best on those three bits and we have to trust the policy makers that they get it right and we know what's coming they told us there's more testing coming they told us that there's COVID hubs coming for the community and Simon Harris this morning has told us that we can expect more stringent social restrictions which been called and, and do, do you do you agree with that? Do you believe, Nick, that it's time that we took the bull by the horns and went down the Spanish who the Spanish who did just another fourteen days? They've extended their lockdown by another fourteen days, 
uh, the Italian Spanish uh, route uh, Germans are doing it as well that there's fines for people who don't social distance or an assembly of more than two people for example do you believe we should go down that route of total lockdown well, I, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I do think that it would be naive of us to think that we're a whole lot different to all our European neighbours. Like, human nature is that we say that we're not the Italians because we have an older population. They well, we have a fairly old population too. Yeah, and they kiss on the cheek and they live in high-rise apartments. And they, and they live together, yeah. And, they, and they, the families live together and they, and, and they probably transport, do that more probably transport. So, you, so you, could, you could lull yourself into a false sense of security with that, and that is human nature. But actually... This is this virus has figured out humans. It no, it has evolved in a way in order to take advantage of us. It knows that we're so well. It has evolved that we're social. We we we, we touch each other. We shake hands. We embrace. We kiss. We touch our nose. We touch our face. And it has evolved to take advantage of us. But isn't there going to have to be at some point? And I and I'm not saying this in some sort of pessimistic no. way, but no. because we're going, to, we're going to be stuck with this probably for the next ten years, right? Within mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the bigger picture, the virus will be with us, like the swine flu, which has actually been around since the seventies, as far as I know. It just made a comeback, a little bit of a comeback back in 2016. So, in relation to this particular virus, it's probably going to be with us for the next ten years. And um, hopefully, we'll have a vaccine, and hopefully, we'll get to a point of reasonable herd immunity at some point in mm-hmm. the next twelve months. Um, that would be nice to, to, to think of. So we are going to have to go back to normal as human beings of hugging each other and kissing each other and holding each other's hands and, and embracing each other, you know, um, uh, when we see each other. We are going to have to go back to that at some point because otherwise we'll all turn into germaphobes. No, absolutely. We, we, we will have to, but I think it's important that, that for, the, for the phase we're at and the situation we're in, that we don't do it now that we absolutely, absolutely do not do it now because we need to slow down the spread of this virus. I mean, to stop it as possible. And, and I think you, you, were, you were talking there about, I mean, Simon Harris has, has said that more stringent social restrictions are coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, then I think I think we should go back to what, again, our, our Irish colleague, Mike Ryan, WHO, has said in that regard. And, and for anybody who hasn't heard it, I think his message is worth hearing again. He said, be fast and have no regrets. If you need to be right before you move, you will never win. Perfection is the enemy of the good. Speed trumps perfection. Everyone is afraid of the consequence of error, but the greatest error is not to move. I think if you were to then look at what's our next move, our next move is increased testing, we're doing that. Our next move is the COVID hubs, we're doing that. And after that, social restrictions. So if you call that lockdown and then put lockdown into, into, into Mike's, a message. It's lockdown fast. Have no and, and, and just finally, in relation to your own experience at the moment yeah. and referring people at the moment, are the tests when when, when you have a, a patient that you know you you visit or you co- or comes to you or whatever and says you know okay I'm feeling a bit chesty I have a bit of a cough or I have a sore throat. So uh, do you grade them when it comes to a test? In other words, no, when you, when you say, but why, why not? Test. Why are we not doing that? Why aren't we saying that so, one to five? This person no. is at a higher risk than this person, so let's test them no. first. Why are we not doing no. that? No, because that, that that is not that is not the purpose of of, of, of the current fact. But yeah, but no, surely the test there's some level of, of purpose in that that there should be some sort of triage in relation to the test. No, the only triage is that asymptomatic people do not get tested because you're likely to either have them too early in the illness that will be negative, or if they don't have the illness and it'll be negative. So if they have symptoms, again, like so so if I go to you and I have emphysema. And I have a cough or a cold, and I might have uh, a COVID. Or, or somebody else, say, who's 26, who doesn't have emphysema, is a fairly healthy person, has a bit of a cough or a cold. I don't get the priority because I have the emphysema, no. No, because what, what you're conflating is with is that the test is designed for uh, diagnosis for a therapeutic purpose. The test is being done 
for a public health purpose to stop the spread, to identify cases, to isolate them, and then to isolate their contacts. If, if, and again, just to reassure people, if anybody is sick, if anybody has got an existing uh, medical condition and their condition is changing, so their emphysema, they feel they're getting worse, contact your GP in the normal way that you always would and care is available. But the testing actually is about identifying cases to isolate them and identifying their contacts to isolate their contacts and to slow the spread. And that's why it's important that we don't pretend that we know more than the guidelines are telling us, the criteria are telling us, and that we refer as many people as possible. And it's up then to, to the to the testers and to the HSE public health to increase capacity, which is what they're doing. And you can see by the way they're increasing capacity, this is important. They're going to go to 4,500 people a day being screened. They've, they've ordered 100,000 kits a week coming in from next week. So so that is this is going to be the kernel of a, of okay. of and we are and once we see more people being tested because realistically and I think it would be fair to say that although there's only over a thousand cases on the island of Ireland at the moment just a little over a thousand realistically there's probably 10,000 people with the virus yeah most probably tenfold but but what I would say that, and, and people. But isn't, by the way, isn't that a good thing? And I'm going to say this. I know yeah, that sounds bizarre. Isn't it a good thing that probably about ten thousand people have it? Sadly, four people have lost their lives, but that's still four out of ten thousand. Isn't that a good thing that we seem to have so far yeah, a low mortality rate? It, it, it is, but we're still, as I think Paul Reed suggested, we're at the start of the beginning. So, so like, it is a good thing. From the from the morbidity or from the illness point of view, and I get I get the point you're making, but from a public health point of view, it's not because we need to identify as many of those ten thousand people as we can. And as I said, our figures are probably because of the delays in testing are lagging a little bit behind. I think if people want to keep an eye on on real time figures, they should keep an eye on the figures of patients who are in hospital with COVID nineteen okay. and patients who are in ICU. So we, as of yesterday, one hundred and seventy seven patients in hospital and twenty nine patients in ICU, and the ICU figure. I think is, is because, 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 because sorry just before you go I, yeah. I'm looking around the world and when I look at places like Korea and Germany who are doing a lot of testing um, they they seem to be the golden boys so to speak when it comes to mm-hmm. dealing with this at the moment um, their mortality rates are really really low I mean you know I think in Germany only 91 people have died and they've tested 30, positive 13,000 positive tests in Korea they've tested 300,000 people so far um, and 8,500 people I think were tested positive and only something like a Hundred people have died. Their mortality rates suggest at a zero point one percent, which would be almost the same as the the common flu. Again, the, the mortality rate though will be multifactorial. Again, look if you look look at Italy, they certainly wouldn't be uh, reflective of that. So, our mortality rates will be will be influenced by the capacity of our hospitals to deal with the surge when it comes. And coming back to that ICU figure, it was twenty nine people yesterday. It was seventeen on Friday. So that was a fifty percent increase in okay. ICU. Right, I get you. I get you. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. And the message is, of course, once again, social distancing, social distancing, social distancing. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, That is Dr. Nick Flynn. Let me go to Peter. Peter, you're in Spain. You're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Peter? Peter? Are you there? Uh, Okay. Oh, maybe that's my fault because we had to switch that over earlier on. I do apologise. Sorry, Peter, go ahead. Okay, hi. No, I'm very, very well. Thank you. Unfortunately, my partner um, had an accident last Saturday week and broke her hip by just tripping on a piece of pavement right. and ended up in the local hospital where within 50 hours of the accident she was had finished surgery for a procedure to get a steel pin put in her hip and a repair right. and now she can't go outside the door at all. Right. 30 days in lockdown. 
And, and how, now they've just announced that they're extending the lockdown, of course, in Spain. How is how is for those people in Ireland? We haven't had lockdown yet, and we're kind of misbehaving. Well, some people are misbehaving at the moment, so it's heading in that direction. Describe to people what it's like that feeling of you know you can't go anywhere without essentially getting permission. Well, if I need to go out somewhere, there's certain conditions that I can go out. I can go out to get or provide medical assistance. I can go to the shops, the pharmacy. But in the journey from the pharmacy, from, we say, even where I am, to the nearest hospital, which is 10 kilometers away, um, I will probably run into about five or six uh, Guardia Civil checkpoints. And I will be, I've already been asked on two occasions, where do I live? What am I doing there? And is there not a supermarket nearer to me than um, the one near the hospital? Mm-hmm. And do, do you have to apply? I know here. somebody suggests they had to apply to the, the, the local council officer or local Lord Mayor's office. Or do you have to apply for a slip of paper to get permission to go out or anything like that? If you're a European citizen, you, ha- you can get an EHIC, a European Health Insurance Card, which gives you the same rights as the, any European citizen here. Uh, the only difference here is uh, you will be seen nearly immediately. Right, okay. Um, and it's not an option. No, I know I'm talking about permission. Uh, do, do, you don't have to get a slip of paper as permission to go to the supermarkets or whatever it is, do you? Or anything like that? Oh, God, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Right, okay. I assume it's at the discretion of whichever police force stops you. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, okay. And the police checks are, they're everywhere. They are not like the guarded checkpoints in Ireland. Here they have maybe five or six cars and you have cops armed to the seat uh, with masks, uh, full PPE, and basically the third degree. So you're basically confined, um, to, confined to your home. And ha- how has that been for you, Peter? Which you're, well, obviously, you know, your partner obviously is struggling because she, she's obviously got a different illness as well. But how has it been com- confined to your home for such a long period? Scary. Hmm. But there's no other way to put it. It's, it's not knowing. I'm lucky I have access via broadband and telephones and whatever, and probably the most amazing healthcare system in Europe. But that, again, it's, that'll only last scary. a certain amount of time because that's getting worse as time goes on, of course, as more pressure goes onto it. I would agree, but they appear to be coping with it. Okay. The hospital she was in, the army moved in last week to, as an exercise. There's 2,000 people dead in Spain uh, but because the virus is. so far, over 2,000 people now. Um, so that, and that is. number is growing daily. Mm. It is growing daily, and I believe it will have to reach a peak, which from any research I've done, well, even based on China, will be a three-month period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're only, about four, um, we're only about, well, Spain are about three weeks into this. Spain are about three weeks into it, but there's a phenomenal number of cases. They've just uh, turned the sports centre in Madrid into a field hospital that will take, I think, 5,000 patients. And are you worried? Are you worried? Well, for, well, you're worried, obviously, for your partner because she's ill otherwise, but are you, are you worried for yourself? Well, apart from your mental health is important too in this, at a time like this, isn't it? My, well, funny you should say that. The, the best way to, to describe it is if you sit down sometimes, the enormity of what's happening mm. and strikes you. It's just it's scary. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. yeah no, I, um, it's I scary. It. We're not short of anything. The life here is social distancing goes to the extreme here. You will not find anybody 
within two meters of anybody else. If you go to a supermarket, you wait until the supermarket is empty. There's small queues outside the supermarkets. When the supermarket is empty, then you go in. If you go to Little, the security guard will record, well, last week they required you to put on gloves. Yeah, I know, and, and I've seen some of the videos. It's one in, one out sort of situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. and pharmacies are the same, but it's now the social norm now seems to be don't breathe down somebody's neck, stay away from them, yeah. and wait till that person is finished, and there's plenty for everybody. And is, was there a possibility of you wanting to come back to Ireland for the period of this, or is that something that you, you, you discussed with your partner at the time? Um, Niall, I'm not really being funny, but you must be joking. Yeah. What, well, even if I wanted to go back to Ireland, how do I get back? Well, you can't go back at the moment, yeah. yeah. But not not no, now. Well, I mean, up to last week, you could have, I suppose. Yeah, I could have gone back. But also, my partner's son, uh, I, tried, I had to get him from, well, I didn't have to, but I organised possibly the last flight from Dubai to Dublin. Yeah. And now he's in isolation in Dublin. Right. He's probably climbing the walls by now. Yeah, well, I think, I, think, I think most people are, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. Well, listen, Peter, I wish you well, and I wish your partner well, by the way, and I hope she gets through that, by the way. It's a difficult time for her and for you, of course. Can, can I make one comment uh, yeah. as well? Everybody's talking about the lockdown, and, you know, bars, apparently, it's not compulsory that they close in Ireland. Well, no, it is now. Um, it is now. Yeah, but, I mean, anybody who's going out or going to parks are being irresponsible. Are they absolute idiots? Well, like, for, unfortunately, over the weekend, we unfortunately over the weekend we've seen lots of cases of idiots over the weekend. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I didn't grow up in a country that I think would produce so many stupid people. Yeah. No, I agree with you. In I, and by the way, in, I, in fairness, the in fairness, the majority of the population are adhering to the rules and the guidelines and social distancing and washing their hands and doing all those things. But you're always going to get a proportion of people who just don't seem to get it and are using this time off work, for example, as a little bit of a bank holiday and going away with their mates to the beach for the weekend or hanging around uh, in parks and playing together. So, you know, I'm just people. Some Stupidity, people are just. Yeah, they're not getting it. Some people are not getting it, Peter. Well, give the guardy powers to do what they did. I think in the Isle of Man, where there was one guy who refused to go into isolation. So now his isolation is looking through bars. Well, and, and that's what I can see happening because that legislation was passed by the President over the weekend for when lockdown does happen, that the guards will have that power. And Peter, I think they will. But listen, Peter, I have to go to break, but I wish you well, Peter, you and your partner, and I hope things work out. And I hope this doesn't last too long for everybody. I'm looking online here and uh, Simon Coveney has said uh, the coronavirus. Now, Simon Coveney says Irish citizens trapped in Peru will be brought home on a chartered flight. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, who's trapped in Peru? Well, uh, Rowan is uh, from Cork, himself and his girlfriend. Good afternoon to you, Rowan. Oh. Hiya, how's it going? Good, Rowan. Slight delay on the phone, but let's not worry about that. We'll get through the interview. Uh, Rowan, what has you in uh, Peru? You've been there now for, what, nine weeks? Yes, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, we were here for nine, planned to be here for nine weeks anyway. Um, obviously, we were following the whole coronavirus online, and um, about three weeks ago, we started contacting the embassy in Ireland, emailing them, registering with them to ask questions, basically to say the dates and when we, when you know, should we come home, basically, like, um, yeah. our flight's going to get difficult. They were in contact with us. We had no, no indication that we should come home. Nothing was ever said to us. Um, the, the numbers of coronavirus in Peru and Colombia and the rest of South America were it's just a handful of cases, you know? Yeah. And then 
we so we um yeah we booked flights basically back about three days before the lockdown because there was rumours of rumours of flight cancellations and stuff. Um, so we booked flights for the Sunday and uh, never heard any indications from the airline that these flights would be cancelled. And with about twelve less than twelve hours notice, the whole country went into lockdown. We went to the airport. Never received anything from the flight company saying the flight had been cancelled until a couple of hours beforehand. Um, they wouldn't let anyone into the airport. There was helicopters landing with army lads jumping out with machine guns and stuff, just blocking off the whole airport. Uh, the whole town we were in, Cusco, went into mayhem. Um, so where where uh, are you now? Yeah, I mean, to get back to- where where are you? Are you? You're in a hotel, obviously, or somewhere. Right? Where are you now? We're in a hostel. We're in a hostel at the moment. Which okay. was lucky we got to a hostel because they were all closing. Just as soon as the lockdown happened, all the hostels started closing up. We were kind of lucky to get to a hostel, really. Um, okay. So, and yeah, obviously, and you're, you're living hand to mouth. You're look, yeah, you're living hand to mouth trying to find you know places to get food and eat and all sorts of carry on with everything being yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. okay, I mean, so the Irish government have now said, I don't, know, I, I don't know whether you heard the news today, Simon Coveney, and I do apologise for the delay, yeah. it does cause a problem in conversation, but Simon yeah, Coveney right. has said today that he's arranging for a charter flight to bring home 135 Irish citizens from Peru after the country recently announced a national coronavirus lockdown. Uh, is that news that you've already heard yeah, I, or is that new news? Well, we've, we've only heard that through relatives from the Irish media. We, I mean, that, that's great, like, and I'm sure they're working on it, but we haven't actually received and no one in Peru... Um, from Ireland, because we're in contact with everyone through WhatsApp group, and no one's received any confirmation of flights. It's all just um, emails saying, are we interested in flights? And, I mean, I'm sure they're working on it, but we, we haven't had any, any, any consent. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't really had any information. But at least it gives you a little bit of, a little bit of hope. And that the, I suppose it gives you a bit of hope that in the background, uh, they're yeah. working on it, and it oh, looks like it's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, I hope so. The, the, the only main problem is that the flights are from Lima, and most people are over a thousand kilometres from Lima, and like the the travel ban here is a zero tolerance policy. I mean, people are getting arrested if they're not believed that they're going to a shop. You know, it's pretty heavy here. To be honest, it's a very heavy situation. I mean, like some of the hostels that some of the Irish people are staying in are being stormed by police daily, and people are being arrested if they're seen in the common areas in the kitchen cooking food or anything like that. They're flying drones over the. And what what is the, what is the communication are, being like with the Irish consulate over there? Is it easy to communicate over there, or what's the? Yeah. It has been, yeah, it's been fairly good, to be honest, yeah. We're, they've been contacting us and keeping yep. us updated, but, I mean, like I said, no, nothing solid as of yet. Okay. And just the only, one of the most frustrating things is a lot of other nations have been repatriated already back home, and, yeah, we're just waiting, hanging on the thread, really, to be honest. Like, uh, All right, well, it looks, yeah. like, it looks like, hopefully, Rowan, I mean, the wait won't be too much longer uh, for yourself and the other 134 yeah, people. we hope so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it probably yeah. ho- happened, yeah, yeah. hopefully, before this weekend or certainly uh, before yeah. the end of this week. Um, that that should be organised. Exactly. We would like to thank all the people putting in hard work to, to getting this to happen, but we just it needs to happen because the situation's deteriorating here. I mean, last night I'm sure we could hear shots being fired somewhere in the city, and there's a lot of you know it's just police signs constantly, and you go out on the street, there's just army army with uh, machine guns and police armed police everywhere. You know, it's really. Yeah, I know. It's, a really, it's culturally very different to the way we would do things here. Although, mind you, I, I don't know yeah. if you've been following the news at home, uh, it could come to that here as yeah, well. You know, I mean, obviously, we, we have to exactly, yeah. Yeah. bring in rules and regulations. But look, we're looking yeah. forward to having you all back home again because it's a safer place for you to be, I suppose, yeah, realistically, in the big scheme of things. Yeah. Well, listen, Ron, I wish you well, yourself and your girlfriend yeah. and, and the rest of the other uh, 133 people, including yourself and your girlfriend, Arsh, yeah. uh, and I wish you all well and I hope you get home soon. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. And on the line is Dr. Louise here in Flynn, who's the Director of Education at Asheville College. There you go. Niall, Louise is fine. 
All right, Thank Louise. You very much. It's lovely to talk to you, Louise. And Louise, you too, Niall. Thank it's you. a very uncertain time for everybody, for those doing junior certs, leaving certs, college degrees, uh, because everything is put on hold. They're looking at their futures. They want to know, you know, if I'm missing out in school, where am I going to study? How am I going to do this online? There's a lot for them to think about at the moment, isn't there? Nile, absolutely. And to be honest, isn't it the same for all of us? And students are looking towards us as parents and teachers in terms of giving direction and support. Um, certainly, the word we've heard so much is unprecedented and it's hard to, to get away from it. It certainly is. But I suppose in Ashfield College, uh, what again, many of your listeners will already know that Ashfield is one of the most successful schools within the country. We were established in 1977 and our whole focus has been on leaving cert since then. So every day our teachers work solely with fifth and sixth year students in order to help them prepare for the leaving cert yeah. effectively. Yeah. So I, I, again, our teachers, we would like to think, are, are experts in that field of exam preparation for leaving cert. So to be honest with you, Niall, you know, ourselves, we were very determined to make sure that we didn't have a break in continuity in our students' learning. Um, I, I think, as you mentioned at the beginning, for all of us, you know, as adults, uh, it's a human condition, isn't it? We want certainty and, and education. Particularly when we don't hope. see a light at the end of the tunnel. You, 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 I mean, That's sometimes yeah, you'll be yeah. told, well, this will all end on a certain date. There's this level of unsurety that we don't know when it'll end, so we can't prepare for it. When That's you know it. there's a goal, That's you can prepare for it. Yeah. We don't know where that goal is. We don't know when it is. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I suppose coming back to that, I think when we can't say the date will be X and so on, we have to bring some form of certainty and what we can do is keep going. And we've been doing a lot with our students in terms of the online learning environment and making sure one of the most important things that that students can do is just keep going, get online, get a routine established. Because I think, to be honest, for all of us, structure and routine brings predictability. And predictability, I think, makes us feel calmer and safer and more in control and I think that's the best we can do at the moment is try and give shape and structure okay, well, well help me out understand exactly hmm. what you guys do because I remember Absolutely. when I was doing my leaving cert a long long time ago sure. you would pop into Eason's or whatever it was and you got I suppose last year's exam papers sure. And, sure. and you had an idea of where you were going to go so for all those students now who a lot of them are fairly well prepared at the moment because we, yes. they kind of got right up to February or so but still yes. they had a lot of revision to do now before the leaving cert now we know they're going to get 100% the Orals and Projects that's already been announced that's a great they're all delighted mm-hmm, to hear that mm-hmm. but of course you've got the written work so let's say the Leaving Cert is going to go ahead let's hope it does right yes. they've, they've got to prepare do a bit of revision based on the curriculum and what came up last year the year before or whatever else absolutely so, so, what, was, so what, what do you do what do you guys do then it's exam technique as well, Niles. So effectively, what I would always say is even when you have superb teachers and superb content, you need teachers working on exam preparation and technique. So what we have done, and we're really, I think we're delighted about this and very excited, but we have a, a free initiative because we know that we have Leaving Cert students the length and breadth of this country stressed and distressed in their homes, trying to stay safe, but trying to keep focused and busy. So Ashfield is delighted uh, to have a free leaving certificate exam paper preparation for all students. Okay, so so that's free. They can get that free. Oh, totally. Absolutely, totally free, Niall. And all the student has to do is effectively log on. There's absolutely no charge, just to be clear. Anybody, anywhere in the country can access. Get on to ashfieldcollege.ie or our Facebook page. Download one of the exam papers there. And this is the beauty. 
download a paper. We'll be adding to those over the next few days. We're going to have up to 12 subjects there. Take the paper, do it in your home under exam conditions. So okay. sit, sit down with your stopwatch. Absolutely. Get the, isolated, again, because you will be isolated anyway. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You're, you're absolutely perfectly set up for that. Uh, but time yourselves. We'll give you the set time for the actual paper. Do it. Complete it. And then this is the beauty for us. We have a beautiful live session where the expert teachers will go through that paper with you. And you will have the opportunity to have your paper there and say, oh, yes, I see what I did. Oh, my gosh, I didn't do that. What did you do with the and so on. So you're actually able to go to the whole paper with the teacher. They will again be live and online into your home. And again, these are our expert teachers in the field of leaving certificate examinations. So they'll go through it. They'll talk about exam techniques. They'll talk about exam craft. They'll do the marking schemes inside out. You'll be able to ask a question and say, but I did it this way. Is that okay? Mm. So it's really, it's about coming back to what I said, giving you a little bit of power back and feeling empowered. You are doing something. You are staying focused. And as I say, Niall, we have a number of papers up there at the moment, but we're going to keep adding to this over the coming days. How could you help somebody like me, by the way? I used to fall apart with exams, right? But I I was grand and I I kind of knew everything and I was a clever enough young fellow. All my little, my reports were all great and my kind of Christmas exams and summer exams were great. But as soon as a big exam, like say the Intercert, which would have been the time back a long, long time ago now. And mine, mine as well. Mine as well. Yeah. Or the Leaving Cert came along. I'd sit there I'd fall apart at the seams. I wouldn't remember things. Sure, how, sure. how do you help somebody get through that? Well, well again, from my own experience now, I really think, and it comes back to something I touched on there a moment ago, it isn't just about having the content and having the content in your head. And sometimes we can forget the second part of the equation is that preparation. It is about being in the scenario, the big room with the clock ticking in your ear. The pressure, and yes. Yeah. You have to feel it. You have to also, again, we do a lot of this in Nashfield, you need to know the type of learner that you are and do a little bit of work on and again the big word of metacognition how do you learn so even so not home, just so you're not just prepare, preparing for the academic aspect of it you want absolutely. to prepare it for the impact it's going to have on your your mental kind absolutely. of being when you're in that room absolutely. yes yeah. but I think Niall honestly I think you can be empowered if you know the type of learner that you are I mean I know certainly for me I didn't realize that until later on when I went into university but very simply sitting at home, I would ask, again, leaving certs, all students, juniors, everyone at home to think about the kind of learner that they are. And I would always say, think about when you go to the ATM machine or you have to use any kind of PIN number. How do you know that number? Yeah. Do you know it because you see it in your mind's eye? Because you hear it? Because you have to do so it? I have, the, I have the worst memory in the world, and but it, particularly mm. when it comes to names. So what mm. I do is I associate people's names with that's things it. and objects. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but to know, but that's exactly it. Not and to know that is a powerful thing, and you're empowering yourself. Like if a mate of mine, called, well, he's a mate of mine now, but he wasn't always a mate. His name is Colum, and I used to always forget his name. So what I do is I look at him and I think of him as a Roman centurion, <laughs> and the columns. Really? <laughs> but that's, so, that's exactly that's a very effective method that people use but sometimes I think in life we don't stop to think about those things and when we have that information we're more empowered and we're better learners and we know how we learn so it's again for me it's two parts of the equation get the content in absolutely go through your Krebs cycle and photosynthesis whatever it is learn the material but it's not good enough you have to again get it out with exam prep technique and again that's what exam the student the teachers are going to be doing online with the students Niall. They're yeah. going to be going through the paper saying 15 minutes here, 20 on this, 
60 on this. Drop the pen. Yeah, go don't to spend too much on a question no. you're probably not too sure of because exactly. you just waste time. So okay, you but, but look, that teacher. the main thing is, of course, if they want to download this, it's free mm. of charge. So they go to Ashfield, or ashfieldcollege.ie. Uh, exactly, or uh, the Facebook page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can go to Facebook or Twitter as well there and you can get the links there as well. Exactly. You can download this and again, the first one, Niall, just for listeners there, the first one, we have a math paper up at the moment with our principal, John Winters, and John will be live at 11am on Friday, the 27th of March, and he's going to solve that paper. So uh, literally live with you there and then. So I, right. I'd suggest get on, download it, do it, uh, and then get online with John and see you know wh- where you're, how you're getting on. All right, well, look, we've put a link up on our own Twitter account and our own Facebook account there as well for those people who maybe don't know where to go if you don't know how to get to Ashfield College and we've put a link on ours there that will link you straight to that for all those uh, parents out there who are concerned about their children doing the Leaving Cert or indeed children when I say children young adults who are going to do the Leaving Cert if you're, if you're kind of worried about how you think you're going to get on because let's all hope that it's all going to happen anyway and if it, sure it doesn't happen sure it's going to happen at some point you have to do it at some point Exactly and it's the routine you know it's about Absolutely. keeping that routine and the mindset that this is you know you're, you're determined and, and dedicated to this at the moment uh, and again Again, keep that routine, get the structure out, and do, because learning online is somewhat different, very similar, but you need the route. It's like of those course. working from home at the moment. Right. So it's a challenge for everybody. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Dr. Thank Louise you, Niall. Thank Aaron you. Flynn, Director of Education at Ash- Ashfield College. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Niall. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.